Alright, welcome back to A View from the Couch. My name is Rich. And I'm Jen. And we are Creeping It Real. Creeping It. Creeping It Real. Alright. It was in the movie. Okay. Happy Halloween, everybody. Happy Halloween. Yeah. it's We're coming out on Halloween. That doesn't happen very often. No. So we're on Halloween, and we are just going to end it all. Halloween ends. Evil ends tonight. Evil ends tonight. Evil Do you notice they never said tonight. that once? No, but they did say there was graffiti on a, on a wall that said, Love lives today. Yeah, so there's a little bit of a thought out there that that was in reference to that evil dies tonight that's exactly what it was yeah i i think it was too it's not confirmed but i'm pretty sure that's what it was but there was a lot of fans that were upset about the evil dies tonight and the repetitive <laughs> repetitiveness in that last I movie i don't understand why people were so upset about that i i don't know that i was upset but it was laughable i mean it made it kind of I don't know, hokey. I didn't really like that repetitive stuff through there. Okay. So this, I think, is them just trying to, I don't know, maybe poke a little fun at that or something. Who knows? Okay. In defense of Halloween Kills, the repetitiveness of Evil Dies Tonight is supposed to be representative of a mob mentality saying things like, I don't know, stop the steal or, I don't know, make America great again. That kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I can see why certain people might not like that. Maybe not you. That's definitely not. That's your not my cup, cup of tea. tea. But I still didn't like it. Right. I, it was as like rolling my eyes by the end of it. Like, <laughs> oh my god. Well, I think it's meant to make you roll your eyes. We re- we rewatched that recently mm-hmm. in did. the lead up to Halloween ends, and I gotta say, I think I think that film got the short shrift because. Everybody's big problem was how could the mob misidentify that little penguin-looking dude as Michael Myers? They were all hopped up on anger and just just crazy. So they they were, and they were following Tommy. Mm-hmm. And what happened was, if you if you pay if you pay really close attention, everybody is milling around in the in the lobby of the hospital, and somebody said. You hear somebody kind of off screen say, Michael's here. Mm-hmm. And Tommy picks up on that and said, Michael's here? Come on, we got to go. And everybody follows him. Mm-hmm. And eventually he realizes that it's not Michael and he sta- he kind of falls back, but he can't stop the mob now. No. The mob has already gone absolutely berserk. Mm-hmm. This isn't, it's not, it's not perfect, but I would say Halloween Kills was given the short shrift. I... I don't hate that movie. There's definitely parts in there where I'm like, seriously, like there's that whole repetitive <laughs> stuff. And then there's like little, just little things like when Lori's giving herself an injection and she like jams it in her body. Yeah, that's not how you do that, Lori. I, I, but that's all kind of nitpicky stuff. Overall, right. it's right. a watchable movie. Yeah, it's absolutely. not bad. Absolutely. We're not here to con- keep talking about Halloween ends though we're here to talk about or Halloween kills excuse me we're not here to talk about Halloween kills we are here to talk about Halloween ends and Jen I'm we're not even going to bother with the you know have you seen this before because it literally Brand just new. came out <laughs> yeah so we're recording this ahead of Halloween guys 
because we right now, while you're listening to this, we're actually at Universal Studios Florida walking through haunted houses. One of them, which is based on Halloween. The original. So, yeah, the original. Or I, I keep seeing things about it might be related, might be part of, it might be part two. Mm, okay. I don't know. They I, did part two a couple years ago. Did they? So. Okay. So it's got to be the original. I would think. I Yeah. I guess we'll find out. Like We will find out. But yeah, so you guys are listening to this. We're not. We're actually out. This is us. We're from the past. <laughs> talking to you about Halloween ends. Spooky, right? So Very why don't, spooky. Yeah. So why don't you tell us who's in this spooky movie and who is involved? All right. This was directed by David Gordon Green. Again. This was written by a bunch of people. We got Paul Brad Logan. Chris Brenier, Danny McBride, and David Gordon Green. Yeah, that's way too many people for this movie. I and feel it like, shows. yeah, I feel like you're going to have too many conflicting ideas and going all over the place. But, anyways, yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis is back as Laurie Strode. Andy Matichek, is that how you say that? I think, I think so. is Allison. She was in this round of trilogy here. Yeah. James Jude Courtney is The Shape. Rowan Campbell is Corey, and Will Patton is back as Frank. Okay, so before we get into this, because there may be some harsh words to say about this movie, before we get into this, I really want to point out that Jamie Lee Curtis did an amazing job, whether I agree with what they did with her character or not. Jamie Lee Curtis did an amazing job in this film. Tipping your hand a little bit there, aren't you? (laughs) (laughs) No, I haven't said that or not. <laughs> so Rowan Campbell did an amazing job as Corey Cunningham. I really mm-hmm. liked his work in this film. So those are the those two things that I want to get out there because I may have some harsh words for this movie as we go along. I'm not tipping my hand because I haven't told you whether it's a keep a rent or in a race. Right, right. So this is this is just me prefacing my thoughts so that I know that that people don't think that I absolutely hate everything about this movie or something because it may sound like that at times. We'll we'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so picking up a year after Halloween Kills, we have a completely new set of characters. We have the aforementioned Corey Cunningham, who is babysitting for a little boy whose name is Jeremy. Jeremy is a little shit, and he tricks Corey into going into the attic where he locks him in. So, just real quick, yeah, they're sitting there watching a movie. Did yeah. you catch what movie they're watching? Yes, it's John Carpenter's The Thing. Which is the same movie they were watching in the original Halloween. So, Corey kind of freaks out, and he kicks the door open, but the kid is standing there, and they're on the third floor of this mansion. And he's right up by the railing to go down the stairs. And it it pushes the kid back over the railing and he falls to his death. This was unexpected. I had several theories going into this. I thought that maybe Jeremy was going to be the next Michael Myers. Okay. Then I thought, and I've got it in my notes here. No, I was wrong. Corey is going to be the next Michael Myers because... When the original Halloween opens with a murder, mm-hmm. right? This Halloween opens with a murder or yeah. a manslaughter, an accidental killing. Yeah. And it it mirrors 
the original in that the parents find the kid. In this movie, they actually find the dead kid. Rather well, they than... see it happen. Did they... Yes, right. That's right. They, they see were it, they in, see the Yeah, they fall. were yep. in the lobby when that, right. that uh, the entryway when that kid fell. Yeah, they were walking in as yeah. this was all going on. In the original Halloween, they don't find Judith at first. They find Michael with a bloody knife. In this movie, you see Corey's deed, and then you see the parents, you know, find Corey, basically, or see Corey. Mm-hmm. So he is accused of intentionally killing the kid, but he gets off because they prove that it was accidental, that, the, you know, the whole thing, you know, kind of goes away. So he kind of gets off. But his life is ruined by this point. Mm-hmm. He he was an engineering student. He was preparing for college. They make they have all these talking at the beginning of the movie that lays this all out there to show you that this was a promising kid who had a bright future ahead of him. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. One accident, and his whole life has gone to shit. The town of Haddonfield, similarly, this is now we're now talking three years post. The 2019 death of the kid. So four years after Halloween kills. Four years after Halloween kills. Yeah. Haddonfield has kind of turned into a bit of like a a recession town. It's not quite a ghost town, but there's the people there are all on edge. Yeah. Because Michael Myers, after he murdered all those townspeople at the end of at the end of Halloween kills he just vanishes right right he's right. not anywhere to be seen now right. this transition here from that opening scene to where we see Laurie Strode she's writing in her book mm-hmm. we get this flashback sequence and she's talking yeah. over it and I thought I don't need to see this right who is going to see this movie that hasn't seen the first two. Very few people. And I understand there was a few things that she said that were pertinent to now, but you could do that in a different way because everything else she was saying was just telling us again what happened before. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, why are they doing this? This felt like, okay, so I'm not going to lie here. This movie felt like Friday the 13th Part 5, which was kind of a soft reboot or an attempted soft reboot of of Friday the 13th. It was not Jason who was running around killing people in a hockey mask. It was a different guy. Mm. And that, I think, I think, no, don't quote me on this, but all Friday the 13th movies start with the last 10 minutes of the movie before it so that you are brought up to speed and then you can jump into the story. So I think that's what they're doing here. But we don't live in an age where movies are just in the movie theater, and you don't see them again until their edited version is on television. We live in a movie where this movie is on streaming, and I could go and watch it right now if Mm -hmm. I were inclined. Mm -hmm. I could watch it four times in a row if I were so inclined. And it doesn't take as long to get to the home streaming either. I mean, before, Mm -hmm. to get from theaters to home, I mean, it would be months and months and months. Yeah. Now it's, you know, a couple months tops usually, you know? Yeah, yep. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I, I think it, I think you're right. It's unnecessary, but it seems it almost seems like an homage to this this soft reboot idea. Sure. Okay. Also, we get the title 
Halloween ends, and it is blue. Mm-hmm. It's not the typical orange Halloween. It's like Halloween 3, right? It's like yeah. Halloween 3. Isn't that the one with that terrible song in it? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I will not sing it for you right now because I Thank did that you. last time. <laughs> However, it is, it, is like, it is meant to mirror that. And in fact, Halloween 3 is famous for doing something so completely counter what was originally in the first two movies that it threw people off. And I've noticed, I've read a lot of like user reviews, people are thrown off by this because it's so different from the other Halloween movies. Well, Michael Myers isn't even in it, is he? I'm trying to remember. In I know this I've one or in Halloween in, 3? In the third one. In Halloween 3, the season of The Witch, Michael Myers is not in there. Right. It was, and, originally, it was originally supposed to be the first part or the second part of an anthology of Halloween movies where it would come out once a year and it would be a totally different story each time. Yeah. So, yeah. So, there's, there's some similarities, I think, in the audience response to this film hmm. and the audience response to Halloween 3. You know, I kind of, I think it's fine if they were going to go with a Halloween anthology, but they needed to not do Halloween 2 then, because mm-hmm. that's off of Halloween 1. And so if you want to do an anthology, you got to do that from the get-go or just call it something else, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Anyways, off track. <laughs> Always off track. It's it's fun, you know, getting off track. I like that. So Lori, like you said, she's writing a memoir. And she bought a new house and she lives there with Allison. This is where I get a little thrown. Lori, who in the intervening 40 years between the original Halloween and Halloween 2018, built a stronghold while this guy was in prison. Lori, who taught herself like Linda Hamilton-esque survival skills for 40 years. Lori, who lost her entire family over the course of 40 years all of a sudden Michael Myers isn't in prison Michael Myers is still out there somewhere and they he's make missing. that up he's missing yeah. they make a good point of that they say or they make they make a, a, a distinct effort to point that out mm-hmm. Michael Myers is still out there somewhere we don't know where he is he's just out there and Lori somehow is okay with this so okay that she's celebrating Halloween instead of. Yeah, it felt weird. It was. It, it's just way, way off from everything that they've established the in the two first movies. two of this trilogy. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, just talking about stuff that's been established that feels off, and we'll probably talk about it a little bit more. But throughout this movie, we also get a lot of blame put on Lori yes. on this. And I'm like, where is this coming from? This just seems so out of the blue yeah. that I'm like, okay, are they, I, nothing was laid for this before. And it's just all of a sudden here. And it doesn't make sense that there's just this big flip all of a sudden. Yeah. It's shoehorned in. And here, here's the thing they want. I think, I think they're, going after things about society, present day society that they want to have like a commentary on. The first movie, they talk about trauma and surviving trauma. The second movie is about mob justice and how, you know, how mob mentality isn't going to work in a civilized society. This movie, they want to talk about victim blaming. And that's why Lori gets the blame for... Mm-hmm. 
everything. And I I feel like it could be part of the story. It just didn't feel right because we it's just all of a sudden here. Yeah. And there wasn't any inkling of that before. Like if there was some kind of inkling of this in the first two movies, I'd be okay with it. Yeah. But there wasn't. Mm-hmm. They could have just as easily in the first two movies. I'm sure they didn't know what direction they wanted to go, but in the first two movies, yeah. they could have had somebody walking by say this or that, you know, just kind of offhand. It didn't wouldn't have to be like part of the story. But right. then something's been laid for this to make sense, I feel like. You don't even have to have, I mean, you could just have it be like the podcasters could, or you're in for that. In the first movie, you know, Laurie Strode partially blamed for, you know, what happened, mm-hmm. you know is is now you know is now in, in recluse or whatever mm-hmm. you know yeah or or bring it up in the second movie you know that like somebody at the hospital is like you did this this is your fault something like that something plant the seed and then pay it off we've talked about this we talk about this almost all the time you plant the seed and then you pay it off you can't just mm-hmm. have the payoff with no plant it's like this cory character as much as i like the actor and what he did with the character he's from out of nowhere mm-hmm Put him in the second movie. Yeah. Give him some, like, put his story about what happened with the kid in the second movie. And then make it, you know, then make it fit to what's going on here, you mm-hmm. know? It just seems so... Or there wouldn't even have to be that, but if he was just a character in that second movie, so we at least yeah. knew who he was, yeah. and then started this one off with the kid getting killed, it still would feel... Yeah linked somehow i i just feel like the really the only thing that is linking this movie to the last two is we have michael myers kind of in here a little bit and we've got laurie strode and her granddaughter other than that Uh, not much we get the sheriff again very little but he's there he's there and he's got a completely different opinion on mob justice by the end of this yeah yeah no i think you're absolutely right i think it's a little scattershot the way that they're putting this all together. You don't just introduce a whole new storyline in a, in the end of a trilogy. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't... Like, if they're trolling us, if they're like, haha, it's Halloween 3, guys, so here you go, you know, then then fine. Okay, I get it. We're, we're the butt of the joke here at this point. But, I, I, like... I don't think that's what they did, though. No, it's not far enough away. Yeah. To make it be that. Do you know what I mean? It's not that far. It's not far enough away. They're still trying to reach back to the original and pull threads forward. And and I did watch an interview. I watched a couple with Jamie Lee Curtis, Mm -hmm. one with Andy Matichek, and then one with the director, I think it was. Nothing like that was brought up. I mean, this was very, everything was very serious in the interviews and, you know, just trying to have this transition going out and... I, I don't know. I don't think they were trying to go for a, a spoof thing like Halloween 3. Hmm. Well, while Lori is celebrating Halloween and putting up Halloween decorations and writing her memoir, Corey is working at his stepdad's salvage yard, and he's still kind of a pariah. Why Honestly, doesn't he leave? You know, it's an interesting question. Why didn't Allison leave? before the end of this movie. Why wouldn't Lori have left? Well, that's what I was thinking. I was like, at this point, I don't understand why Lori and Allison, I could see those two sticking together. Yeah. Why doesn't Lori and Allison 
leave, go yeah. somewhere else. She yeah. she bought a new house, buy one in a different city. And then this Corey kid, why doesn't he go somewhere else, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. small town like that, something like that happens, that's going to hang over your head for the rest of your life. Right, right. I mean, there is going to be a bit of a Mickey and Mallory thing going on with him and Allison. They're going to mm-hmm. like, they want to take their show on the road and quote unquote burn it all down. But that, that, that even that doesn't go anywhere. No. But okay, so Corey is walking home one day and he gets confronted by some high school bullies at a convenience store. Now, they're band geeks and they're high school bullies. Explain that one to me. <laughs> I don't know at all. <laughs> How is it that band geeks are the bullies in this movie? Now, they did say band, but maybe they're really... They did not seem like band people to one me. One of them in the in the first confrontation, one of them is wearing a marching band outfit. They are in marching band. Maybe that one person's the only one in marching band. They're all in marching band. <laughs> I agree with you. This makes no sense. <laughs> there are no marching band nerd bullies. They don't... They just... Like... They are the bullied. Yeah, they're the ones that get bullied, bullied, typically. Typically. Now, it's not completely impossible for one of them to be a bully, but it's it's highly unlikely. Yes, it's unlikely. Damn. Why why aren't... I mean, yeah, okay, it's stereotypical, but why don't you make them the jocks and have the jocks pick on them? Whatever. Mm -hmm. He gets pushed. He cuts his hand on his... What I'm guessing was supposed to be Yoo-Hoo... But it's they call it chocolate milk, and it's, <laughs> but it's it's Yuhu guys. I mean that, and I don't understand why they didn't put Yuhu in there because later on there's going to be a walk down a supermarket aisle where you're going to see like every product that paid money to be in this movie, and none of them match up with like what you would normally see in a supermarket aisle. Like there's detergent next to like macaroni and stuff. It's like what the hell? I didn't man? even notice that. <laughs> like that was the weirdest like product placement like choice I've ever seen in a movie. They're like, well, I got to get it all done. So just have them walk down the supermarket aisle and we'll just put it all in there. <laughs> David, do you, do you think, do you really think the, uh, the ketchup is going to be next to like, you know, the personal lubricant? Yeah, man, just put it in there. It's fine. It's fine. It'll be fine like that. No, I don't, I don't remember specifically what they were, but they were all, they were just all over the place. Mm. Much like the rest of this movie, it's completely scattershot. But anyway, they can't use you for some reason, for some ungodly reason. So he cuts his hand on a glass chocolate milk bottle, personal chocolate milk bottle. And Lori shows up, scares off the band geeks, the band geek bullies. <laughs> Still can't get over that. She shows up and she scares them off. And she is empathetic to Corey's plight. Mm-hmm. She says, oh, your hand's cut. Come on, I, I know where to take you. But first... Do you want to slash their tires or do you want me to slash their tires? And Corey's like, man, I'm going to slash their tires, right? So Lori is helping kind of the outcast person, which Mm -hmm. is what Michael Myers kind of was after his thing in the 60s. Again, why she doesn't see in him what she knows is in Michael, I don't know. Uh, who, Who knows? Who knows? But she brings him to... She brings Corey, not Michael, to the hospital where Lori works. Or, excuse me, not Lori, where Allison works. Mm-hmm. 
specifically to introduce him to Allison, thinking they're going to hit it off. It seemed to me like Allison knew who this kid was. Or, uh, yeah, Allison. seemed to me like Allison knew who this kid was. The look on her face was... Everybody knows who he is. Yeah. He's but that I guy thought, that killed that kid. Right, but I mean, more than just know who he is. I guess I felt like maybe we were going to get some kind of weird little story with some kind of connection with them before. I don't know. This was such a weird relationship through this whole thing. It was just yeah. awkward, but... Yeah. And it starts at the beginning. It's just weird. Yeah. So, but they do. They start. They start seeing each other, and she takes him to a Halloween party, which is where we kind of start to see him. Like I, at least I started to see him start to take on some Michael Myers esque characteristics. There's the mask. First of all, he's wearing a scarecrow mask, which is a little similar to the original Michael Myers mask, which is that weird clown mask that he wore in the 60s mm. when he killed his sister. And so that, to me, again, just another telegraph that says Corey is the next Michael Myers. He's wearing that scarecrow mask. And I don't know if it's... I don't know if it was just on Peacock or what, but man, the audio was so bad I could barely make out what they were saying. I almost turned the subtitles on. Because I could barely make out what they were saying half yeah. the time. Did you notice at this bar that the bartender was Lindsay? Not not till movies? after I didn't make that connection. I recognized her. She looks an awful lot like Lindsay from 1978. <laughs> she did, like just a grown up version of her. Well, there's reason for there that. There's a reason for that. I just my first thought was, is that Lindsay? And it boom, is. it is. Like later, because later Lori's going to come in and she's going to say Lindsay to her. And I'm like, it is Lindsay. Yeah. yeah. There's another interesting piece in this party here. Ah. Nick Castle, the, the shape? original shape. Yeah. He has a non-Michael Myers cameo for the first time in this trilogy as a party goer who flashes his costume at Corey. And he says, do you see anything you like or see anything you like? <laughs> So that, of course, is a nod to, is it Linda? It was Linda, yeah. In the original Halloween movie. Bob and Linda. Can't I get your ghost, Bob? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Lots of lots of nods to the old There stuff. is. There is. Yeah, there's lots of nods. So Corey, while he's there, is confronted by the little kid, Jeremy's mom. She's at the party, too, for some reason. She's at the party. She at the seems bar. to me like she might be an alcoholic now, maybe. Losing your I kid got that impression. Be, yeah, losing your kid has to be pretty traumatic. I can't even imagine. No, I, I can't either. don't even want to try and imagine. No. That's awful. Yeah. So she's in a bad place, and she confronts Corey, which sends him like off running, basically. He takes off. While he is out, like leaving going home or whatever mm -hmm. the high school band nerd bullies are back and they the one dude throws him off of an overpass and he lands over by like a homeless encampment or at least where one homeless guy is is living these kids are just shits i mean <laughs> there's are. one that is kind of like why are you doing this what's your deal with this guy right 
But still, once they throw him over, nobody calls for help no. or anything like that. They just leave him there. They're terrible, terrible children, which I think we're supposed to take as like this degrading of society because of what Michael has brought. The things that Michael has done to this town are... That makes sense, they, I guess. ...are yeah. affecting everyone. Yep. And Lori even later says, you know, if you allow yourself, you know, rage, it's addicting, mm-hmm. you know? And so... You know, this yeah, is this sense. could be an effect of trauma. So interesting that there is that in this newer generation as well, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So Corey gets dragged into the sewer. But we don't see who drags him in there. Later we're going to find out it's Michael. We know who it is. Right. <laughs> dragged into the sewer. So this whole time Michael has been there? In the sewer. In the sewers? Well, they, they did mention that there was people that have gone missing. Yeah. So he must be just hanging out there killing people. I don't know what he's doing with their bodies. But... What's he eating? Pfft, I don't know. He didn't kill the homeless guy that's living right out in front of him. Yeah. No, he didn't do that. He's killing other people. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Doesn't make any sense to it, me, but... I agree. <laughs> so Michael... I don't know exactly what happens here. I've looked it up. I've read a few things. We're supposed to get the idea that Michael senses something in Corey that he, that he feels in himself. But the way that I'm taking this is that Michael needs to... Well, if you remember in Halloween Kills, the more he kills, the more he transcends is something that Laurie says. It makes him stronger to kill. Mm-hmm. The way I took it was that he sent Corey out to kill for him so that he could become stronger. Like there's there's a moment where you see Michael Myers' mask in the reflection of Corey's eye. Mm-hmm. And I suppose that's supposed to mean that he sees himself in this kid. He's like, oh, I have a protege now. I guess I can let him do his thing and I'll maybe I'll retire and go live in a cottage in Montana somewhere. I don't know. But the way I took it was Corey was killing Michael's victims for him to help Michael, like, transcend. Yeah. I don't, maybe I'm completely off on that, but that was my read on it. That makes more sense to me than, I was trying to figure out too, I'm like, is this some kind of, like, I'm going to take you under my wing and teach you the way or, you Murder know, bros. Is it, yeah. Or is it <laughs> some kind of, I was trying to think, is it some kind of like personality that's starting to split type thing and he's going to see him? Yeah. I, I yeah. just didn't know where they were going with this and it wasn't really clear, but yeah. what you're saying does make sense if you apply what was said in the second one. Right. And you kind of do see that when he stabs who was it that went? There was one was, guy that got drugged into the sewer. Yeah, it was, oh, it was the cop. previous boyfriend. It was yeah. the cop. That's right. But you do kind of see that there when Michael's killing him, he seems to actually get stronger as he's going. Oh, yeah. So that makes more sense to me than anything, I think, what yeah. your theory is. Yeah. So Corey makes his way out of the sewers after encountering Michael and is confronted by a homeless man who is going to try and kill him. But Corey struggles with him and then he grabs the knife and stabs the guy and then he runs so now that's two people that Corey's killed one intentionally and one unintentionally Mm -hmm. well one could be argued that it was self-defense 
<laughs> yeah. Suppose he could have just run, though. He could have, yeah. So this is, okay, so after this, Corey and Allison go on a dinner date, and Allison's ex, the police officer, shows up and tries to harass them. And this is where we see, this is why I think that Michael has kind of infected this guy, Mm -hmm. because he is not acting like himself by this point. I like the way you say, I I like that infected. Like something is wearing often yeah okay yep. yeah that's yeah, kind of like the way that it's that's kind of the way it seemed to me anyway mm-hmm. and because Corey is suddenly willing to confront whoever he needs to confront maybe mm-hmm. it's the you know knowing that he can kill whoever he needs to kill maybe that's it but yeah it, but it this seems is... the way that they've told the way that they've told the story it certainly seems like michael has like i said before infected yeah him that makes sense i have in my notes here is Corey acting this way because he feels stronger because he survived Michael Myers or is this that like you say is this like an infection thing like he's like worn off on him a little bit yeah my my exact note for that moment with the encounter with Michael was did Michael just transfer his essence or something into (laughs) Corey yeah so and Um, then the fact too that I feel like leads more to what you're saying with like, like infected him or, or something mm-hmm. is Corey never tells Allison about seeing Michael Myers. Yeah. Yeah. He and does if it go was, to her. yeah, if it was more the, I feel like if it was more the, he felt stronger because he survived him, he would have said something to her. Yeah. Or maybe not because he knows what she went through in his hands. But why wouldn't he tell the cops or something then? Like, hey, I ran into this guy down there. Everybody treats him like a pariah. Everybody treats him like an outcast, like a freak. Why would he go to the cops? I mean, that part makes sense to me. I wouldn't, if it was me and I ran into like the mass killer that just let me walk, be like, fine, kill whoever you got to kill. Everybody here hates me anyway. Hmm. That's All probably right. where his mind is, you know? At least I thought so. Okay. I don't know. But but Corey stands up to the cop. Mm-hmm. And something that I thought was interesting is they're there for a birthday for another cop. And there are wrapped presents, presents in bags, and balloons. They're all male cops, and there's balloons. Maybe this guy likes balloons. Maybe. I just thought, like, grown-ass cops like balloons? Maybe. They seem a little too alpha male tough guy to like <laughs> balloons, you know? Well, I don't how mind balloons, else are they going to but... tell us, without doubt, that there's a birthday party happening over there? I mean, they could have put little party hats on, too, huh? What's his face said that it was a birthday party? <laughs> I know. That's all you need. You don't need to show me a balloon that says, happy birthday, you know? Like, what the hell, man? It was just weird to me. Didn't seem to clock with, you know, whatever. So, Corey ends up luring the cop into the sewers. Basically, he takes off on his motorcycle, and the cop follows him. And sees him go into the sewers, so the cop goes into the sewers where Michael is waiting he, you know, Corey basically presents him to Michael as like, here you go. Kill away, pal. You know, and Michael does. Now, 
this is kind of the beginning of him transcending, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's, oh, I'm, I'm back. I'm getting back into the swing of things. You know, well, back on the bike. You know, it's like, right? It's like riding a bike. Murdering people's like riding a bike. Transcending yeah. is like riding a bike. You, you definitely forget. see here how wounded he still is. I mean, not necessarily wounded because after four years it would heal, but he's definitely not the old Michael Myers. He is limping. He's missing fingers. Yeah. He's not moving very well. Yeah. He is not top of the game. I have questions about that. I have questions about that. Because he was completely docile in prison when he was chained up until the mask showed back up. And the mask is what urged him to kill. Mm -hmm. Now he's got the mask. He's wearing the mask when we see him. Why isn't he urged to kill? And if people are disappearing, how is he weak? I don't know. I don't know. These things don't track with the stuff that they've laid out before. Right. In the previous two movies, the idea was the mask made Michael who he was. The second movie, the idea was if he kills people, he becomes stronger. He becomes more. He transcends, is what they say. He becomes something more than human. Now, four years later, he still has the mask. Apparently, he's still killing people. But he hasn't. he's not transcending anymore. And he's weak as fuck. Why? I don't know. It doesn't make sense. (laughs) I agree. (sighs) Fucking damn it. So then later, Allison finds out that she gets passed over for promotion for another nurse who is having an affair with the doctor that was making the decision. And Corey and Michael become murder bros. And they go and they kill the doctor and the nurse at the doctor's house. Why? Because the doctor chose the other nurse over Allison and Corey was mad. So Michael's like, guess I'll go along with you, little buddy. But they were planning on leaving, so I don't understand that. I mean, they were. she wasn't going to stay at that job. Why is there a team-up murder bro scenario in this movie? I, I don't like this team up thing because I feel like Michael Myers is a solo act. He is never he hasn't ever teamed up with anybody before, has he? No. So why all of a sudden now? I don't have a problem with it if there's make if it makes sense, but like you said, they're leaving and why the fuck does Michael care if Corey is pissed off because Allison got passed over by a promotion because some doctor is stupping some other nurse? I don't understand. Like, like, I, I what, what the fuck does that have to do with anything? <laughs> I don't know. They just needed people to kill, I guess. <laughs> Jesus. So they, now, Corey and Allison, like you said, they make the very rational decision to finally get the fuck out of Haddonfield. Mm-hmm. Because the whole town is filled with trauma and remembrance of traumatic events. They finally decide... But, or they finally decide to bug the fuck out. But Lori, now she's suspicious because she thinks he's acting like Michael Myers. I thought this was weird, too. I know he was acting weird, but Lori Strode didn't know Michael Myers other than the couple times he tried to kill her. It wasn't like she was around him all the time to see like this beginning pattern behavior or anything like that. What? 
one night in 1978, two nights in 2018, 40 years apart. How does she know what he acts like? She can't. I don't get it. Yeah. It doesn't make much sense, but she will not let Allison leave with him. Now, I... I get the part where she doesn't want her to go with him just for the reason of they just, like, met and they just started dating. True. Okay, Allison, you want to go off on your own? Great. That's fantastic. Yeah. Maybe don't go with Corey right away or maybe you guys find separate places or something, you know? Yeah. I mean, you guys just started hanging out, so. Right, right. Now, this is where we get Corey saying to Lori, you know, hey, this is... This is your fault. What happened in Haddonfield is your fault. And then he says to her, if I can't have Allison, no one will. Mm-hmm. Which, to me, kind of echoes the ideas that they laid out in Halloween, the original, and Halloween 2018. Michael is coming for Lori specifically. Mm-hmm. He wants to kill or have quote-unquote Lori Mm -hmm. that like to me that is like Michael's rationalization in this timeline obviously we go the Halloween 2 timeline it's his sister if we go the H2O timeline it's still his sister whatever (laughs) (laughs) pick your it's like choose your own adventurer in Haddonfield (laughs) but but this makes sense to me. This is almost like Michael voicing those words. If I can't have you, Lori, nobody's going to have you. Yeah. So, now it's Halloween. And Corey goes back to the sewers. And he wrestles the mask from Michael. He takes the mask off of Michael Myers. All right, now that Michael has killed a few times, he should have his mojo back enough that I don't <laughs> think that this would actually happen. His mojo. Yeah, how? How does he get it from him? I don't understand how Corey, who has not yet transcended, even if he has the Michael Myers infection, even if he has the evil in him, you know, he hasn't transcended to the point where He's been murdering for 40 years or, you know, murdering murdering for three days, separated by 40 years, whatever. He, he hasn't been doing that. He hasn't killed enough people to have the physical strength or the wherewithal, I don't think, to outsmart, outsmart, outwit, and outplay Michael Myers to get the fucking mask from him. And why does he need Michael Myers' mask anyway? He just wants it. Yeah. Because the story was written that way. While he is stealing Michael's mask, basically it goes down like this. Punk kid, punk murderer, beats up old man and takes his mask. That's what <laughs> that's what happened. While that's going on, while while Corey is beating up an old man and stealing his mask, which did you catch the little homage to Halloween, the original, when Michael is laying down after the mask is taken off of him, he sits up and he turns his head like he does in the original Halloween. Oh, does he? I yeah. didn't catch that part. Yeah, there's a there's a great it's a great little homage. I liked it. I thought it was cute. But while this is all going on, Lori and Allison are arguing because Allison is still planning to leave. And Allison 
starts blaming Lori for Michael Myers' actions in Haddonfield as well. This makes no sense. It doesn't make any fucking sense. She was there. She saw what happened. She helped fight Michael Myers off twice. Not once. Twice in one night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And now she thinks it's her grandmother's fault? I really think the writers needed to go back and watch the first two movies before they, like, put out the final draft. (sighs) (laughs) I don't even know where to go with this. I I don't know where to go with this. Why is Allison blaming her? Unless, Unless it's more and more of this trauma infecting the town... That's causing even Allison, who was there, who was part of it, to blame Lori. If that's the case, okay. All right, fine. But they don't really set that up. No. She doesn't experience the trauma that the rest of the town is experiencing. She's kind of happy-go-lucky. They don't spend enough time with Allison to give us a reason for her to make this turn on her grandmother. Right. Corey decides he's the new Michael Myers. So I was kind of right. He goes and he kills the uh, the high schoolers because the high schoolers come looking for his motorcycle. They're going to drive it around and drag it behind their, their vehicle and destroy it because they're pissed off at Corey. And so he goes and he murders all four of these kids in various different ways. One of them with a blowtorch. Very Michael Myersy, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever's available, we're just going to murder you with it. And that's what he does with these kids. Takes them out. And Corey's stepfather is there because this is salvage yard. He's there because his crazy-ass wife is constantly yelling. So he's sitting at the salvage yard watching Jean-Claude Van Damme on a laptop. I hate Jean-Claude Van Damme movies, but if I was married to that woman, I would probably be at a salvage yard watching Jean-Claude Van Damme movies on a laptop as well. But he goes out looking for whatever the hell's going on. And he ends up getting shot by one of the high schoolers and during the uh, during the mystery or not mystery, but during the uh, craziness. And then he goes home. Corey goes home, kills his psycho mom. And I'm thinking to myself, by that point, fucking finally, why you should have that should have been your first stop. Your first stop should have been your psycho <laughs> goddamn mother. And then he goes, <laughs> he goes to a radio station, and he kills the DJ and the receptionist at the radio station. Now all of these kills are fantastic kills. They're all very gory, very Michael Myers-y, but they're not done by Michael Myers. I know. that's So this part here of the movie, this murder spree, I'm like, thank God this finally kind (laughs) of feels like a Halloween movie. Yeah. Except for we don't have Michael Myers. We have the mask, but we don't have Michael Myers. Right. But it finally started feeling like the slasher film that this is supposed to be. Right. Right. I mean, we get the we get a couple of really great moments. You get a you get a really cool moment with Corey's stepfather when he gets shot. It's it's literally he stands up in front of Corey, gets shot, and when he falls, Corey's not there. Yeah. So it's it's just great. It's a great like little trick that they did there. Mm-hmm. And then my other thing that I really liked was the DJ. He cuts the <laughs> DJ's tongue out and falls onto the record, and it's going around the record as it's like, flip, flip. and then later they're gonna cut to. Allison, who's listening to the radio station, and all she can hear is like static, and then thump, and then static, and then thump, and she's like, yeah. "What the hell is this?" And she turns it off. And I'm thinking, "Ah, she's listening to some dude's tongue. She's listening <laughs> to that dude's tongue." I thought that, that was, was pretty cool. That was pretty good. Yeah. We both laughed at that. Yeah, yeah that was good <laughs> stuff. So Lori decides she's going to lure Corey 
it's so fucking weird to say Lori and Corey. It feels like I'm talking about a Nickelodeon show. <laughs> Lori decides she's going to lure Corey out by pretending that she's going to kill herself. Now, I don't know why she thinks this is going to bring him out. I mean, did she know he was in the house or something? I mean, how... But he wasn't in the house. He comes to the house. He comes to the house, but he has to be in the house to hear her make that suicide call. Yeah. So she has to, at that point, know he's in the house, but I don't think she does. No. Otherwise, what's the point of making that phone call? Also... When she was doing this part and she was making this phone call and then she was getting the gun out and stuff. And I'm like, I am about to write off this Halloween series completely. (laughs) I would have absolutely hated that if they would have completely ruined her character like that. I'm I'm very glad that they didn't have her commit suicide. Me too. I was very nervous with the way this movie was going. I was like, oh, God, don't do this. Yeah. Yeah. Now, (laughs) she... So... She, when when Corey shows up, she's like, did you really think I was going to fucking kill myself? Are you that stupid? And then she like, because she, she had shot a couple of shots off, or one shot, and then she shot him a couple of times. And then she shoots again so that the gun is like empty. He can't use it against her or whatever. And... I don't know why she just didn't... Uh, why? She didn't take him out. She didn't finally take him out, right? Yeah, why... I don't understand this lack of... This guy's trying to kill you. Why are you trying to, like, not kill him? Or, I mean, take him off the board. Obviously, he could still get up and get you at this point. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Lori... She wouldn't do for, that. For all of the intent that she had in the first two movies of this trilogy, it's none of it's here now. Mm-hmm. Except for this whole, like, subterfuge about the the suicide, which doesn't make any fucking sense. How would he even know? Yeah. How would he even know that she had made that call? Oi, oi, oi. So, <laughs> Corey stabs himself in the neck, telling Lori, again, that if I can't have her, nobody will. And when he stabs himself in the neck, Lori grabs the knife and pulls it out. And that's when Allison shows up. I know. As soon as she grabbed that (laughs) knife, I'm like, what are you doing? (laughs) Okay. Now, this is just another another stick on the pile of all the reasons that I don't believe the Allison character in this particular movie. After everything that she has seen, after every, every single thing that she has seen, she walks in. Corey is lying there. There's a Michael Myers mask next to him, and his grandmother has a knife. Her immediate assumption should be he attacked grandmother, and grandmother defended herself. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. But it's not. Yep. She accuses Lori of murdering him in cold blood. Mm-hmm. Like, what? What? Is this again? Are we still talking about, like, is this this everything infecting these people? Is that the idea? Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Are we on to something? Is Michael Myers not just infecting Corey? He's infecting everyone? That's dumb. No, I don't like that. There might be something there, though. There, at least at least a kernel of an idea that could be good, but not very well fleshed out mm. in this film. If okay. that's what they were going for, it's really poor. I... I... 
Yeah. That did not come across that way if that's what they were trying to go for. Yeah, they're, they're trying to go somewhere with this idea that there's some culpability in a society where where it kind of relates to how people treat others. Do you know what I mean? Like how they treat how they treated Michael, how they treated Corey after one one murder. You know, Michael was locked up in an insane asylum for however long. Was it fifteen years? Fifteen years. And Corey, there was an accidental death and he became a pariah in town. There is some responsibility on the part of society to have a capacity for forgiveness that we don't always have. Mm -hmm. So there is something deep buried in the script, I think, that they're talking about, like this idea, this capacity for forgiveness that could maybe have healed something and stopped some things from happening. Maybe that's why Allison and Corey and some of the other people blame Lori for this. Mm -hmm. Maybe. But it's just not fleshed out. And it's so jarringly different from where they were going by the end of Halloween Kills. Mm-hmm. I don't care that, that they made, that they give us a different killer. I don't care that any of that stuff. It's fine. I mean, I get that they're going for this whole Halloween, Halloween 2, Halloween 3 thing, mm-hmm. where Halloween 3 is so vastly different. That doesn't bother me so much. But at least follow up with what happened at the end of Halloween 2 which was Halloween Kills in this particular scenario. Halloween 2 in the original arc has a definitive ending. Michael Myers is dead. Mm -hmm. This movie does not have that. This series does not have that. Anyway, sorry, I'm I'm all over here. So, So Michael shows up and he takes his mask back from Corey and then he kills Corey and then... Lori and him fight, or he and Lori fight, excuse me. He and Lori fight. It ends with Lori pinning him down literally with with butcher knives and a refrigerator and then cutting his throat. Mm-hmm. And then he breaks free again and still tries to choke her to death, but Allison shows back up and breaks his arm. And that is when Lori basically just cuts his wrist. He bleeds out. It's over. Mm-hmm. So we think it's not over yet because the people of Haddonfield need to know that their boogeyman is dead. So they tie him to the roof of a car like a deer carcass that they shot in the woods. They drive him through the town and everybody follows him like like the Pied Piper. And this is like with sheriff approval to do this. Yes, the sheriff, like like one of the cops says, this isn't how it works. And the sheriff says it is tonight. What a turnaround. Out of nowhere, a turnaround. Because... When we left him at the end of Halloween Kills, he was left with the with the repercussions of not being able to get a handle on the mob. And at this point now, he's like, fuck it, the mob can do whatever they want. So they drive it through town, the body. They drive it to the salvage yard where they throw it into an industrial shredder and they Fargo his ass. And then Lori and Allison reconcile. Allison leaves Haddonfield. Lori finishes her memoir and they and she's she's going to go to Japan with with the cop from the supermarket. And there is where Halloween ends ends. The end. Please don't let this be the end. I do not want this to be the end of Halloween. I don't think it will be. I think this is the end of their little trilogy so far. Let, let's face it. 
the Halloween series originally leading up to this, Halloween 6 being the last of the original quote-unquote series, they were a mess anyway. Mm -hmm. But what we've had since is still messy. It's just lipstick on a pig messy, you know? I don't think this is going to be the end either. One of the... I don't remember if it was an interview I watched or something I was reading with the with one of the interviews, but it sounds like this is definitely it for Laurie Strode and the Michael Myers as we know it as of now. I mean, uh, but it it would be some kind of reincarnation of that character if that gets made more movies or whatever. So Halloween Reborn, yeah, something like that. So Halloween Lives. He's going to be a zombie all sewn back together. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a Jason Voorhees thing. Mm-hmm. Bring him back as a zombie so he can keep coming back. and It doesn't matter how many times you kill him. The Michael Myers thing, they were going somewhere in by Halloween 6. There was a weird, like, cult that was trying to, like, give him, like, an evil spirit that would, like, keep him alive forever. And it would go on, he would go on killing for him and... And all that. I mean, it's not the greatest idea, but at least that made sense. There was a there was there was a reason for him to keep coming back. So, do you want to hear my theory? I was kind of spinning during this movie when yeah when yeah Allison yeah. and Corey were hooking up. Oh yeah, I love it. I love it. Let's hear it. So I knew this was going to be it for Lori and Michael Myers as we know it, mm-hmm. and my thought was that somehow. Michael Myers had gotten into Corey somehow. Now, Corey has slept with Allison. Oh, no. I thought Allison was going to end up somehow pregnant, but not find out right now because they (laughs) slept together. And then somehow Michael Myers would end up killing Corey or Lori would end up killing Michael. But anyways, you know, somehow all, all of the, you know... Michael people would end up dying and then we would end up getting a new Michael Myers later because of Allison's offspring. (laughs) That's honestly like I even wrote it down because I'm like, I wonder if this is maybe how this is going to continue later because this is Halloween is a big moneymaker for Universal for Universal. It just is. So I feel like they're not going to just be like, nope, we're not doing these anymore. Well, this movie made a lot of money in the opening weekend, even with the Peacock streaming. So they're going to make another one. They will. It's just a matter of time. They will. Please don't let Rob Zombie near it again. Please just like, like give, like do something good, right? Do something good with it. Don't, don't give it to Rob Zombie again. He just, just, and like, look, just bleh, no, no, just don't, just don't, <laughs> don't fucking do it. Blah, 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 blah. But I, I like where you're going with that. It just is an awful lot like what happened in Halloween four, five, and six, which okay. was, which was we had Jamie Lloyd, who was who was Lori's daughter, and in that timeline, her mom died in a car crash. Okay, and she by the end of Halloween four has taken on the Michael persona. Mm. But then by Halloween 5, it's gone again. Sure. And sure. then she grows up and she gets raped by her uncle, Michael, and has his baby in Halloween 6. The, mm. the, the whatever the fuck it is, the fuck yeah. off of Michael Myers or whatever. Okay. He has has impregnated his, his niece and she has his baby. Okay. So when I was thinking of it, I was thinking I didn't really want it to be Michael Myers because I feel like Michael Myers is not a sexual being. He just does, <laughs> it just isn't. That's yeah. not something he's interested in. Yeah. And that's why I was thinking, well, maybe somehow through Corey, he's like going to spread this 
essence? whatever. Yeah, essence. His essence? His mojo. He's going to spread it around. <laughs> I don't know. Do I make you horny, baby? <laughs> I, and I know that sounds all crazy, my idea, but I was just trying to think of how you can continue this, but yet still make it seem like somewhat cohesive to, you know, what they've got here. But like you said, in reality, they could do whatever they want because they've already gone all over the place and then completely started over and said, hey, no, just forget, you know, two through whatever number and we're just doing it over. They could do whatever they want. They need to stop doing that. Just fucking whatever. So are you angry about this movie? Am I angry about it? Yeah, does this movie make you angry? Did this movie make you angry? No, not angry. Made a lot of people angry. Really? Okay. Yeah. There was a lot of angry people who didn't like that Michael Myers wasn't in the Halloween movie, which I thought was funny because Halloween 3 didn't have a Michael Myers, and that was the exact reaction we got. There were people that didn't like the Corey stuff. There were people that didn't like, you know, that there, that there wasn't killing until the end of it. On and on. Jamie Lee Curtis gave an, an interview last year where she said that Halloween Ends is going to make people angry. And she's right. There's mm-hmm. a lot of angry people out there. It didn't make me angry. It made me frustrated. I was annoyed and frustrated by the end of this movie. So, yeah. Hmm. I wonder why she thought people would be angry if she actually... She knew what was in the script. Yeah, but... She had to know that that was going to piss people off. Yeah, she might have. I mean, she's very... I watched an interview where she was talking about this, and this has been part of her life for a long time. Yeah. And what she was getting very emotional doing? while she was talking about this being the last one. Well, this, and was not her working. First, this was her first role. Yeah. So it was, I mean, this is an important role for her. Absolutely. So, yeah. Absolutely. So, okay. So do you have any other trivia that you want to throw out there? Anything else that? I do have a couple things. Stuff? Okay. I have a couple things. That the very end of the movie, there's a series of shots of empty rooms in Laurie's house, which is yeah. again similar to <laughs> Halloween Ends. Which was just, I. It's supposed to make. It's supposed to show us that the shape is no more. Yeah. But they. But they even say that it's just going to take a different shape. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sure. So the shape isn't no more. The shape is just not here. Not in this form anymore. <laughs> right. So to show us. The, the idea in the original Halloween, at least the way I took it, was to show us that the shape was everywhere. The shape could be everywhere, that his presence was going to be felt in all of these places where he had, his rampage had taken place. This, the way I'm taking it, is supposed to show us that he's gone because there's no breathing over it. There's no Halloween music over it. It's just shot after shot of the different areas in Laurie's house and the different areas around town. And it's like, I get it. You're just trying to mimic what happened before. You're not mimic. You're, you're trying to, you're trying to parallel what happened before. That's great and everything, but you just told us that the shape is still going to be around. It's just going to be a different shape. Why show us that? Why show us that it's not there? I don't know. So anyways, the next thing I have, Corey Cunningham mm-hmm. is a new character inspired by the character Arnie Cunningham from Christine. Ha! Wait, what? He's supposed to be Arnie Cunningham or supposed to It's just be inspired like by him. Cunningham? Yeah. So he when he's first introduced, he has a similar haircut, the identical blue button-up shirt and black glasses that Arnie has in Christine. Ah, uh, sure. Yeah, okay. Sure. I can see that. 
And I have one quote I wanted to read to you from the director, David Gordon Green. Sure. If our second film, Halloween Kills, was free-for-all, violent chaos, this is a more intimate, atmospheric conclusion. There have been a lot of slasher movies since 1978, and I want this to be different from all of those. I want this to be something people don't get in ripoffs or reboots or even in my other Halloween films. Well, congratulations, you did it. Ding, ding, ding. Right on, man. That's, you, <laughs> yeah. you got exactly what you wanted. You but I don't, nailed it. <laughs> I don't think he gave people what they wanted. So, yeah. Jen, why don't we find out if it's what you wanted? Are you going to keep, rent, or erase Halloween ends? I was teetering on rent and erase. Mm-hmm. I'm actually going to lean over to erase. Okay. I feel like... I would have been just fine not seeing this and ending at the last one. Yeah. Sure. I don't feel like I gained anything from this movie. I am one of those ones that had a hard time with the fact that this is a trilogy with Lori and Michael Myers, and we get very little of Michael Myers in this. I don't like that. This didn't feel like a cohesive end of this story. It felt like something completely different. It didn't feel like this Halloween movie. It didn't have the same... I felt like it just looked different. It felt different. I don't know. I just was not loving this. It was... I felt like this was felt so long, but it really wasn't that long. But it just... There was so much slow parts... You know, and there's only a few parts where I was like, okay, now this is exciting. I'm getting into this. I don't know. I think if they just dropped it and this wasn't even there, I would be fine. And I think that's why it pushes it over to erase for me. Okay. How about you? Man, I'll tell you what happened is, okay, when, when when we first turned the movie off, I wanted to erase it. Talking through this has made me think, okay, it's probably just just in like an ass hair over <laughs> into rent and it's only because of the the neat little like homages to other things mm-hmm. other john carpenter stuff like the arnie cunningham thing that you're talking about i didn't notice it before but now if i ever watch this movie again which i don't know if i will but if i were to ever watch this movie again i'll keep my eye on that mm-hmm. besides that there's not really a lot of redeeming quality to this no i would have been like you satisfied with finishing with Halloween kills with not knowing what happened to Michael at the end and leaving him out there, leaving Michael out there. That's the mystery at the end of the original Halloween movie. If you want to be like the original Halloween movie, you leave Michael out there. Mm-hmm. You don't just end him. You want to end it? End up end Laurie. Have him finally get the girl he's been after for 40 years and then leave him out there. Halloween ends, the original Halloween. The original Halloween finishes with <laughs> son of a bitch you you've ruined the, you've ruined me being able to say that when okay so the original halloween ends with loomis looking out over the balcony and seeing that michael myers is not on the ground where he landed the shape has survived so then when we see the different cuts to the different spots we know that they're telling us he's still out there. Be afraid. He's still out there. Mm-hmm. That would have been a great way to end this movie. To leave Michael still out there. Yeah. To end this to end this series. If you want to end it, I've been it, okay with there. that. I even have I, I don't have a problem with this Corey part of it. I know some people uh, did. I but I, I think 
what would have been better is instead of putting that in here where this was supposed to be the third part of this other series, yeah. have this be the next one. Have Corey find the mask somewhere after all this other stuff's happened and stuff starts happening. Maybe this is the continuation and he is the new Michael Myers, but it it goes in a different direction, you know? I mean, I feel like with what they did with it in this third movie, it just isn't right for me. I didn't like it there. Yeah. Yeah. It, it felt sloppy and scattershot, like I'd said before. It felt poorly put together and, and rushed. It felt very... It, it felt like they didn't know where they wanted to end. Mm-hmm. It felt like they betrayed everything that they set up. With Lori's character, with Allison's character, they mm-hmm. betrayed all of that mm-hmm. to tell the story that they're telling now. You cannot betray the characters that you set up to tell the story that you want to tell. You either take those characters that you spent two movies nurturing and pushing into a certain direction and tell a story with them, or you spend two movies pushing them in this direction instead. This, I, 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 man, I would say only rent this movie or stream it on Peacock if you are a hardcore John Carpenter fan or a hardcore Halloween fan and you want to see the, and you want to see like the homages. Don't expect to see Michael Myers in it all the time. If you're a hardcore Halloween fan, you're going to be disappointed when it comes to that, but you'll see little bits and pieces that you're going to be, that you're going to smirk at, that you're going to say, oh, that's kind of cool. I like the way they do it. Like Michael sitting up in the sewer, mm-hmm. you know, little, little throwbacks, you know? Right, right. So there we have it. That's, that's where I stand. Rent it, maybe, but don't rent it, probably. I don't know. Fuck it. Whatever. It's like, I like I could flip a coin and I could be either a race or, or rent at this point. <laughs> and it won't be very far into rent, but if I, but but if it was a race, it's way the fuck into a race. You know what I mean? Like, oh, this, this movie is just fucking perplexing. It's just perplexing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> I, I don't want to think about it anymore. I agree. I don't want to think about it anymore. What are we doing next? You're going to love this. What do we got? Next week, we're going to cover the 10th anniversary of Prometheus. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) I'm not. I I don't love that. But okay, let's do it. Again, this was your idea. I know. Well, I don't want to give away too much about how I feel about that movie. but So we'll just leave that. We'll leave that for next week. Next week on the couch, Prometheus. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Spooky season. You've been listening to A View from the Couch, a Space Moose Media podcast. You can interact with our hosts on Twitter by going to twitter.com forward slash view underscore couch. You can also email us at aviewfromthecouch at yahoo.com. If you've enjoyed this episode, please help us get noticed by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or the podcast platform of your choice. Thanks for listening.